0: Welcome back to the Shelf Oddities. My name is Erie.
1: And I'm Serafina. And this week we are talking about the four humors. And before we even get into that, Erie, what are you looking forward to this week?
0: I am looking forward to doing some more Halloween decor hunting because we are right smack dab in the middle of it. Home Goods has got their stuff at home has got their stuff and everybody is trying to get the items that they want on their wish list, (laughs) which is near impossible. So if you're like us and there's something out there that you get and you can afford it, which I know is the Problem yeah. with inflation and being millennials and just existing yeah. on earth genuinely. Life is pain. It's awful. Get out there, grab your stuff. If you see it, grab it because, in my experience, it is flying. Yeah. If there's anything that you want and you can afford to get it, don't be that person that's like, I'm just going to grab it tomorrow. It won't be there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you see it and you have the means, grab what you want. For and if sure. you see it and you don't have the means, our heart is with you because we both have a strict budget this year because yes. we've gotten crazy. the past.
0: Absolutely. Halloween is the best season. It's the best season. And when I walked into at home for the first time and I saw that they had a code orange (laughs) with things on the shelves I came alive for the first time this summer and it was great. I'm also looking forward to streaming on Twitch. I've done a nice rebrand of my channel and I'm starting to actually have a schedule which is something that's important when you're trying to do things. Uh, Wednesday is 8pm Eastern Time it is twitch.tv slash ectoplasmicemily is my new handle which is pretty rad so feel free to check in right now i'm playing through stray which i thought was just going to be a fun cat game where you do cat things (laughs) fun fact it's not it's just a fun cat game no it's freaky it is very creepy we got somewhere uh last time i streamed where there was a bunch of crazy creepy things happening and there's definitely a clip out there somewhere of me on the internet gasping loudly at what is happening in this cat
1: game so if you
0: if you have any interest in watching that feel free to hit me up
1: Yeah, and I'm a mod, so I'll be in there banning you if you're acting crazy.
0: 100%. I'm so
1: proud of you, though. And the ectoplasmic, Emily, I really love that. Um, It should be ectoplasmic area, but, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah, you know. With your life. I'm very proud of you. I'm so excited. It's so much fun to watch you stream. We have such a fun time. Uh, So, yeah, come join that community if you're someone who likes gaming. Um, So, this week... I'm also looking forward to Halloween hunting. that ghost rug will be mine and uh, I will rain Hellfire if I don't have it. So we'll find out. we'll find out it's only uh, it's only August. We'll we'll get there. We'll make it happen. we'll make it work. Um, but let me tell you, as an oddity this week, I'm definitely feeling like my place on the shelf is like an old-timey grimoire from a witch in the 1600s. That's how I'm feeling. How about you?
0: I feel that. I am feeling like a first-time taxidermied mouse <laughs> where it's not quite right when you look at it from one angle, but it looks really great from the next. Mm. So how you display it on the shelf really determines the vibe that's projected into the room.
1: Yeah,
0: And, you know, it's kind of Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde.
1: That, you know, I do see that for you, and I love that for you. It's like they always say, location, location, location. (laughs) So this topic for me this week, it's not really a hyperfixation. It was a true sidetrack from another hyperfixation and or hobby of mine. I've recently gone back to reading, and I mean reading. Since November of 2021, I have read 64 books that I can track, uh, cause I read on my Kindle, uh, which I love, or I read on the Libby app, Libby, you know what this podcast, not about that, but if you like to read and you have a library card, download Libby, put your library card number in there. It opens the world to me. I mean, I finish reading a book. I can get a book immediately after that. The app is so easy to read. This isn't even an ad. I don't even think they do ads. It's a free app. <laughs> um, but it really has changed my life and allowed me to go back to a hobby that I truly love. I used to be a crazy reader as a kid, which now, uh, through the use of therapy and TikTok, I think a lot of us who were crazy readers as kids realized it was like a true dissociation from the home that we had at the time.
0: Oh no, it's the trauma. Again. It's the
1: tra it's always the trauma, is it not? Um, and I was deep into it. I remember sitting in a doctor's office when I was six getting prescribed melatonin because I'd be up till 4 a.m. reading. I'd had to be at school at 7.15 uh now as an adult i do have to be the one to tell myself to fall asleep but i'm gonna tell you for me personally there's no better feeling than falling asleep reading when my eyes are getting heavy and i catch myself dropping the book that's like true comfort lies for me like there's such a safety in that and i always get the best sleep whenever i'm tired from reading um which led me to the topic of the four humors have you heard of them
0: I have not. I know you mentioned it to me uh, the other day, and I did like a quick overview, but I figured it would be more fun to have you tell me all yeah,
1: about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I will. Um, Almost as far as I can get. Um, I was reading a book the other night which mentioned the four humors, and I realized I had known of them and heard about them through like English class and some history classes, but I didn't really remember much about them. So, at 2 a.m., here I am on the National Library of Medicine's website reading their lessons plans that they give out to teachers who teach 7th graders. So, buckle up, kids. We're going back to middle school. So, the four humors started with two men, Hippocrates and Galen, or Galen, depending on... uh, the british or the english pronunciation i'm gonna go with Galen, and if it's galen i'm really sorry there are only guesses about hippocrates and his work as he was part of a group of teachers and physicians on the mediterranean island of cause around 5 bce is when hippocrates name became the figurehead of all uh, hippocrates is typically credited with turning away from divine notions when it came to medical knowledge He trusted his observations on what the body in front of him was doing and not the gods. Prayers and sacrifices didn't hold a central place in his theories, but changes in what you ate and what kind of drugs you took did. Keeping the body in balance were the key to a good life, which I think most of us can agree on and see why he became the figurehead to most Western medicine. And as always, when you look hard enough at history, you can find some bad stuff too. Uh, about anyone it <laughs> feels like these days so I'm not saying he was a character that's amicable but he did have a good basis in my opinion for starting out with his four humors theory and earlier I pronounced a Galen because um, I'm in the Midwest but it's Galen uh, Galen was born in uh, Paramum in the in the then times Asia Minor we now know it as modern-day Turkey right off the Mediterranean Sea This was in the year 131 CE. If you fast forward in his life, he was trained medically in Smyrna and Alexandria. He gained fame as a surgeon to the gladiators of Pergamum. He was even brought to Rome to be the physician of the emperor Marcus Aurelius, who now has the title of the father of Stoicism and is having quite the renaissance in self-help culture today. Have you heard about Marcus Aurelius, because... No, not
0: at all.
1: Self-help TikTok really does love him.
0: I'm not on self-help TikTok, <laughs> well, I there, guess.
1: There you go. Uh, Galen spent his life at court writing a huge library of medical works. We're talking Alexander Hamilton, why do you write like you need to survive? Levels of medical works. <laughs> uh, bookshelves on bookshelves. He was also a supporter of observation and reasoning. He was one of the first to experiment with physiology researching the function of the kidneys and the spinal cords. I'm sure that uh, all of those tests weren't uh, ethical, but I guess someone had to do them. and he was that person. and he was held in high regard, um, building off of Hippocrates and the medical knowledge that they had beforehand so subsequently greek culture at that time believed the body was made up of four components which they called the four humors these uh tended to be kind of like liquids within the body they were four components blood phlegm yellow bile and black bile in a healthy person these were always balanced the theory works that if you have a mild excess of one of these then your temperament and your propensity to sickness were in jeopardy Of course, a lot of things come into play with this, the seasons, the elements, which do make sense. In the winter, you have a runny nose because the weather changes a bunch and it's cold out. Uh, Back in these days, that just means you have an excess of too much phlegm. If you were a person who had a runny nose or too many runny noses, that meant you have an excess of blood. And it's important to keep this in balance. So we are gonna have to take you in the back and throw some leeches on you, if that's all right. Bile, of course, was removed with a purgative, you gotta get it out of you somehow. So, to build a little chart in your brain, how they were looking at this time was spring meant blood, and that was associated with air. Summer was yellow bile, that was associated with fire. Autumn was black bile, that was associated with earth. And winter was phlegm, and that was associated with water. Patients were told to do everything in moderation. Don't drink or eat or exercise too much, which probably did give them a good basis to set their health on. There was also the four temperaments to go in as well. That was sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. Galen named these later on, each a result of the excess of one of the four humors. So to build on that chart that we had before, spring was blood and sanguine and air in summer was yellow bile and choleric and fire. Autumn was black bile, melancholic and earth, and winter was phlegm, phlegmatic and water. We'll add more to that later on, but I think it's important to have those uh, kind of charted out for you because they're kind of hard to find not in a chart that you can look at but podcast wise I can't show you that if you want to see it on our Instagram it will be there so basically in their theory if one of your humors was off balance for a long time with no intervention that's why you were depressed or angry or too happy Uh, for a couple of guys on an island they were really building the basis of western medicine I mean chronic depression is a chemical imbalance they were so close to the point It is funny to say you have too much blood so we gotta cut you open because that's why you're sad. It's a little ridiculous, but they were almost not wrong. They just kind of went about it the wrong way. And for people who didn't even have AC, I'll give them credit. Also worked with astrology. Medieval doctors also used astrology because they believed that the movement of the stars affected people's health. Here's a fun fact for all you creatures out there. The modern word affluenza comes from a medieval Italian word meaning the influence of the planets which I had no idea. Isn't that wild to think that something that we deal with often the flu has to deal with astrology? Each part of the body was associated with an astrological sign and different procedures such as like bleeding or or leeches or purgatives would only be carried out when the moon was in the correct position. Physicians therefore needed to know the knowledge of astrology as well as medicine to treat patients. According to Uh, medieval charts like the zodiac man each part of the body associated with a star sign physicians consulted a book called the well there's two pronunciations there's the valmakum and the valnikum two different places one within the bbc and also within greek culture have resources online which they both say something different so i don't know if that's a translation error but i did think it was interesting to uh put in so whichever you would like to go with uh is fine with us but i i just think that's so interesting that they had to carry around a book that contained charts to decide when to bleed patients or to carry out other procedures for the next 15 centuries these works were the figurehead of greek and middle eastern medicines in europe's eyes but then they were lost when europe uh started going through some things as europe (laughs) tends to do Uh, they basically became a dogma and were thrown out Completely, The church forbade dissection of corpses and discouraged experiments. However, stupidly, it did encourage people to go on crusades to the Holy Land, where they came into contact with the Muslim world, and Muslim doctors were way more knowledgeable than their European counterparts. And this brought some improvements in medical knowledge, which... It's wonderful, but it sucks the way that I- So we really didn't see the message, that observation, and investigation were required for medical diagnosis until about the 16th century when the Renaissance really led a renewed interest in Greeks and Romans. Basically their Percy Jackson era, if you will. <laughs> and they had a new device called a printing press in 1440 that really got some ideas flowing. The new voyages to the new world if you will, brought home some new herbs and paintings were done by Michelangelo and other famous paintings at that time, painters at that time. Uh, they studied the human body so closely that people were starting to challenge these old ideas and started moving forward with more modernized healthcare. And that's when that started to arise around the 16th century when Andreas Versalius and William Harvey started refuting the humoral theory about uh, it was the end of the 16th century going into the 17th century. At that point, things were so focused on the church that they even thought that medicinal plants were to be thought under the influence of heaven, which is so interesting because that's still astrology. I mean, realistically, when you look at it, I mean, to be uh, this plant is under the influence of the skies in the 17th century, Nicholas Culpepper, a famous London herbalist, wrote this about dandelions. Uh, dandelions, which are vulgarly called pissabeds, which what? I've never heard that before. Pissabeds? pissabeds because yeah. they're
0: yellow, I guess?
1: Yeah, pissabeds. Okay. Uh, it's under the dominion of Jupiter. So astrology is all throughout this as well, which I think is really cool. And then came Francis Bacon. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean Shakespeare. Which is who I think is Shakespeare's Francis Bacon. Have you ever heard this conspiracy theory? I have not heard that conspiracy theory. Oh, we'll have to do an episode about it. I assume
0: you'll cover some some Shakespeare stuff. Oh, yeah. Eventually. Because that's so interesting. That has so many layers.
1: Well, it does have so many layers. And what's so weird to me is that Shakespeare has a huge part of the four humors. So I'm going to quote some stuff later that you're going to be like, I know this. And that's so wild to think that that's what this was this whole time. With Shakespeare, his four humors are very similar, but it's almost somewhat what we would call psychology. I'll touch more on that later. So with Shakespeare, the four humors are very similar. I mean, he pretty much took them directly from Galen um, because it's almost including what we would call psychology. It's based on the whole body. The interaction of the four humors in these works explained the differences in ages, genders, emotions. Humors changed with the seasons and the times of day. Being young was hot and moist. (laughs) Age was cold and dry. Men were hotter and drier than women. The mind's inclination follows the body's temperature. To quote uh, experts on this, which we will link, Everything that I have here will be linked in the show notes. To quote the BBC, Shakespeare depicts the full range of humoralism in his dramatic characters. An excess of hot, dry emotion of collar or yellow bile produced an angry disposition. Collar is valuable in great warriors, but in the domestic world of romantic comedy, anger, especially the anger of women, represents a social problem for Shakespeare's age, which calls for strong therapeutic intervention. How to manage female anger is the central question of the taming of the shrew. Both protagonists, Kate and Petruchio, are identified as choleric by nature, and his behavior in the play is widely seen as eccentric and disruptive. Yet it becomes Petruchio's job as husband to tame his shrewish wife and make her a Kate conformable as other household Kates. So you can see there, even in moments like that, that's just the four humors coming coming out on stage it's kind of wild. In modern day, we recognize the emotions they're associating, but not the four humors. So when you have this knowledge of, you know, what choleric is and what, you know, we use melancholy still, but melancholic as an emotion to describe how your your friend is feeling, how your neighbor's feeling, it really brings a depth to Shakespeare's work. Um, In The Merchant of Venice, Shylock is reveled by anti-Semitic Venetians who might have seen him as a pathological case of unnatural melancholy. And when the body's natural heat and moisture were burned up by vengefulness like Shylock's against his Venetian enemies, the naturally clear fluids of the brain became darkened, resulting in an excess of the melancholy humor. And what we might recognize as depression and unresolved anger these days so this is the most basic seventh grade knowledge of the four humors and the temperaments to go along with it there is a deeper knowledge to all of this of course and i'm definitely not an expert but for 2am finding out that these men who had been so close to the point and the basis of all of our medicine was definitely a wild, <laughs> a wild trip just to understand this fantasy novel a little bit better. And that's what led me here and now has led all of you here. And uh, I wanna thank you for keeping your humors balanced while you listen to me, cause I'm sure it could uh, cause a little bit of um, choleric by nature, if you will, to sit here and listen to people be so close to the point and yet so, so far away. So now that you know this and listening to how Shakespeare francis bacon how they put this into their plays and i mean this was this was the timers top... on stage has this shown you i think that they mentioned it a little bit in like the game of thrones books from what i've heard and uh, you know anything that's like medieval they tend to throw in you know all the humors
0: yeah i do think i remember something like that being talked about in game of thrones I have read Game of Thrones. I've also been told that if you're someone who's read Game of Thrones, you're going to tell everyone that you read them. I was going to say that Um, if you didn't. Don't worry, I'll cover it. And that's just because (laughs) it's a time commitment if you haven't read them. If you don't like something that goes into extreme depth like if you don't want to hear about someone describing a dinner table for like 200 pages <laughs> i don't recommend it because george rr R. martin will go into there are a thousand five hundred named characters in the first game of thrones book and about 10 of them actually matter so that is why yeah. i think this definitely is in there and it gets muddled up with all yeah. the other random stuff that's happening what's interesting
1: about it being in the game of thrones books is that it's definitely in other pop culture places that you wouldn't expect either um uh, Many books and movies use the four temperaments motif when showing their main characters or main story elements. A book series and movies that are great um, at showing that motif is *Heathers*. Have you seen *Heathers*?
0: Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> which is one of my favorite. Um, but the four main characters, um, every single different, every single one of them has a different four, one of the four humors, which is wild to think about like it's about. absolutely wild Harry Potter is another one it shows it just a little bit different um and instead of it being with the characters it's the houses every okay. house is a different humor that's yeah isn't that wild um the choleric character is typically the leaders they're the most aggressive personality type of the group and are the most outgoing uh, also, seeing as the most bossy, uh, so Heather, Heather Chandler, if you will, she's the one that tells everyone what to do, where to go. She's bossy, and then you, of course, have her signature color, which is red, um, which is the color of choleric as well, which would be, the, you know. Uh, It's just so wild. That's like things that you don't even think about. Like how it it very much reminds me of the scene in The Devil Wears Prada. Have you seen The Devil Wears Prada?
0: I don't think that I have seen The Devil Wears Prada.
1: Wow. I'm I'm surprised by that. Okay. Well, for those who have, there's a scene where um, she talks about her sweater being cerulean, and she's like, "Well, I just gotta have a clearance bin." And she's like, "You think that that choice wasn't made for you?" But Henley de, de la Renta or Oscar de la Renta in 1923 decided to do a, a line of military jackets that were this colored, and then Ralph Lauren did a series that was this colored. And it was like all of this, like down to where walmart then decided to make really in 10 years later and now you're wearing it in my office that's how all of this felt when i started researching it i was okay. like the heathers down to her headband color yeah had to deal with the four humors like how insane is that yeah, once again
0: talking about the colors that reminds me of game of thrones again because of the different um like the the Lannisters and the stars mm-hmm. like all of the different because the Lannisters were red and gold yeah yeah
1: isn't that wild that's crazy it's so wild I mean think about Gryffindor
0: yeah what's like Gryffindor red and gold type. hello
1: oh the red and blonde the red and gold <laughs> yeah. oh it's so wild to me and I'm even the Gryffindor quote of where dwell the brave at heart I air daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart this quote explains that people who are sorted into gryffindor house possess bravery daring and their leaders i mean down to every second of it i mean think about the second temperament sanguine i almost feel like i should have started the podcast out doing this so then people would be like oh heathers okay so this one this one this one <laughs> it really it really sets it i mean think about this the second temperament sanguine i mean the second person in the heathers is heather mcnamara she's the nicest heather um and she's the only one that would be nice to other people other than Veronica Sawyer and she's the only one to pray over Chandler say something nice about her, wish her well um, along with that her signature color is yellow
0: Hufflepuff
1: she's a Hufflepuff baby and uh, it's just wild to me I mean we can even go into the third and the fourth I mean the next one would be Phlegmatic that's Heather Duke What's her color? Green. She's aggressive. She's uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she's a bitch. Oh no. You know? She might just be a Slytherin. Oh, shit. What? They phlegmatic people. They do be phlegmatic. And last but not least, you got your melancholics. You got your, technically, your Ver- Veronica Sawyer. I mean, she's not a Heather, but is she though? She's she's the Heather in my heart.
0: Heather adjacent.
1: (laughs) She's the the smart one. The intellectual. She's cunning and smart. She might just be a Ravenclaw. Wouldn't you know that? So, I mean, you're looking at two of the most influential pieces of media in my life. And it was the four humors just staring me right in the face. Isn't that some wild stuff? There are others as well. I mean, uh, notably, we're looking at The Incredibles. The Breakfast Club
0: Oh the Breakfast Club (laughs) So special
1: I mean look at the Narnia Even the Great Gatsby is said to be Accredited to the four humors They all have a four person dynamic And once again It just goes back to Those guys Sitting in an island in the Mediterranean Sea With no AC Tanking around Sorry AC is very important to me It is the most important It's very important to me but I mean, it's true that a lot of us can fit into these types, or when we're going through sickness, feel like these types. And you can see why, time and time again, we're going back to the basis of Western medicine, even thousands, of centuries later. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. It's it was so interesting to look into. I know that there's more, I mean, there's technically nine because they all, you can have half and half, right? So like you get winter and you get autumn together. What do you got? You get autumn and you get summer together. What do you got? You know? Mm. So it's like the, there's also, you know, the, uh, the tertiary colors of the chart, but I think that the four humors are enough to, uh, try to, try to get into, but I think having the heathers as a chart really shows you you know you're getting a little too aggressive baby we're putting a leech on you (laughs) (laughs) it's happening that's fair we got to balance you out you need some balance you need some peace so that is uh my you know so how are your four humors you feeling balanced
0: i don't think anyone is actually balanced no i think you know we try to fake it till we make it but hell no
1: i think i think instead of a balance it's just a there's a a, a domination of one. Sure. It's kind of like the love yeah. languages, that book.
0: Oh god. Where it's
1: like, it's, you're technically all of them, but you have one that's a little bit more. One,
0: one that works better, but <laughs> better. I fucking hate the love languages. Yeah, not it. a fan. Not a fan. Can I
1: tell you that I had somebody tell me that it's not supposed to tell you what you're good at. It's supposed to be the to give you a map to show you where you're broken. So it's like... Oh, God, no. It's, it's like really, the trauma. It's always it's the always trauma. trauma. But once I looked at it that way, I was like, oh, I do have yeah. hurt in these places. And like, I can work on that. Yeah, that's Which tracks. is kind of cool. Which I think that we'll have other episodes about that. I want to start doing some stuff about life and a sense of higher, higher forms of being and showing up as your highest self, and I know that you hate the love languages, but I do I mean, that was really a turning point when I was like oh, it's a map. It's a map. It's not a chart. It's a map.
0: I think that they make sense but I am a cat, literally personified, and my love language is leave me the fuck alone, and that's not really an option. Um, so uh, Her
1: quality time is just zero. It's just
0: zero, She said, don't touch
1: me don't look at me, unless I want you to. Which is so funny that I don't know, we're friends, in a way, because I'm such a dog person. Yes. I mean, I've always had cats, but I'm such a dog person, but look, look at us, look at us making it work. It's just because I am a dog. We're, we're like that, uh, like that grumpy old dog and cat that you see on TikTok that, like, cuddle each other sometimes. 100%. That's us.
0: 100%. Also, while we're talking about us, yeah. and if we were to describe ourselves, I um. have and always will be a Gryffindor, obviously. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: So. I'm a Ravenclaw. That tracks. I always thought, because, like, when you watch the movies, you're like, I'm a Gryffindor. And I was like, I'm not. I'm a Ravenclaw. That's fair. I'm investigating. I'm in your business. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. Our My friend called me in the middle of us recording this podcast, and I paused to call her back because I thought she might have a little update on some choose going on, <laughs> and I was like, I want to know what's going on. i the
0: hot guy.
1: I always, I'm a little Snapple. You little You, you just... You open me up, and I got a random fact for you. You need the tea. Also, a rock fact of the day. A
0: rock fact. Talking about um, Hogwarts houses does remind me to mention that since we are talking about it, mm-hmm. I, I don't support JK Rowling.
1: Oh, At yeah, all. no, me either. Just mentioning that. Yeah. Uh, I can separate the art from the artist 100%. pretty well on that one. Some if, things I can't. That one I can't for If sure. anyone
0: saw the meme joking about how Hatsune Miku uh, rewrote... Um, Harry Potter, and now is credited with writing Harry Potter, which I hope you know who Hatsune Miku is. I do. Um, that is accurate. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, I'm good with, uh, supporting the art and not the artist, especially in that occasion. Some things, it's hard to do that. This one, not so much. Got nostalgia, not for her. Yeah, definitely. Yep goodness well you know i i didn't expect to start this podcast ending it with harry potter but we do be zillennials sometimes and that just that's how it works but you know while you're out there hanging out listening to this podcast i hope you're keeping your humor balances and uh, i hope you're staying out arcadia